0: team I am officially the old man on the platform tonight amongst the babies and uh, I know that the babies are grown up but uh, amen God's good to us every day isn't he had a great time last Wednesday night and uh, I like Wednesday night services I really do. I like ministering on Wednesday nights. And I be honest, I'd rather minister on Wednesday nights than Sunday night. I really would. But I enjoy the anointing and what's going on in the spirit on a Wednesday night service. We were able to get away this morning to general conference and we were down there with Brother check He ministered this morning in the 10 o'clock service. It was the bilingual service. And Brother Daniel was the interpreter for that one, did an absolutely wonderful job. To my knowledge, he's on his way to our service tonight and uh, had a long, a long day. He had to go back to work and, uh, after he got finished, but we had a good morning service, came back, started getting ready for this evening service, and I'm excited about what the Lord is doing all around. Let me, let me pat you on the back, and then you can pat yourself on the back. Let me pat the youth our Sunday school department on the back, and then they can pat themselves on the back. But we started a handful of months back on raising money for a motorcycle for Africa for Brother Graham, you all remember. And we raised uh, raised some money and kind of uh, uh, got sidetracked with a few things and a pandemic hit and different things happened and uh, got a little sidetracked. But Sister Miracle was able to send that full amount of money to purchase the motorcycle for them to evangelize that's the mode of transportation in that particular region so uh, if, if God's going to reward you for a water just think what he's done in the philippines when we built churches think what he's going to do in africa when we bought motorcycles and we send a monthly pledge to our missionaries and and you all kept this going even during the pandemic when we weren't having church your money was still coming in for our missionaries so let me give you a hand tonight and give yourself a hand tonight for fulfilling our pledge to our missions that we would we would not only accept the obligation but we would fulfill that obligation that responsibility so uh, they will receive that money probably in the next few days so thank you all for being faithful in Jesus name we have our missionaries the Watts family with us this coming Sunday morning and I've talked with Brother Watts and he's going to be in town on Saturday night and uh, be with us on Sunday morning then I'm not sure what church he'll be with on Sunday afternoon probably Eagle Bend Apostolic Church and Brother Miller uh, on Sunday afternoon but anyway we've got them coming next the following Sunday if nothing changes we've got Brother Nathan Roberts that's going to be with us that Sunday morning he is our Kids Quest directors or director uh, for the assemblies and he will be with us he's coming in actually to set our new sound system up uh, next weekend and then I'm going to try to get him to preach for us on that Sunday morning. So uh, a lot of things happening. Amen. Good things are happening. Good to see you tonight in Jesus' name. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Miss Judy, part of the family, part of Tri-State Christian Academy family, good to see you tonight. It's been a day or two and uh, always welcome, always welcome here. Amen. (laughs) Mr. Dawson, Sam up in sound room taking care of business up there good to have you Amen. hey Sunday night I ministered on the thought eternal purpose the eternal purpose and we looked at that scriptures that showed us that the church was the prize if we would use our terms it would be the apple of God's eye the church we As a collective group, baptized into one body, the church, the called out, the chosen, right? So we are the church, and Sunday night I minister on the eternal purpose, and that was to breathe life into Adam and then bring forth the wife or the bride. Not Eve, but through Eve, we become the church. Through what God had began in the garden with the creation of the world and then the forming of the man, in the image of god and breathing life into him we are here tonight as the bride of christ or the wife of god amen that should bring great excitement that should bring knowledge that as brother jared said whenever i can't hear god or i'm going through the fog of life when i feel like i'm nothing's working out quite right we step back on the knowledge That's what got Job through his crisis of life when he lost his family, lost his money, lost his health. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. He said, I don't know where he's at, but he knows where I'm at. That's knowledge. That's revelation. That's truth for a foundation that we stand firm on. That foundation, when all life is is falling and and life doesn't make sense and pandemics are going on and crisis in our home and crisis in our family, and we look around and we say, "I don't know why." God, have you gotten angry with me? Is that what Brother Jared said? No, it may not be anything to do with God's anger. It may simply be life, and we're going through life. And we rely on the knowledge that's the reason Bible studies that's the reason church that's the reason study for yourself to show yourself approved is so vitally important is for us to get a knowledge a revelation of this wonderful truth that God has as he began in the Genesis in the beginning all the way to the book of Revelation to where he raptures us and brings us home with him we we learn we study we get to know him stand with me if you will I want to take your attention to John chapter 3 I want to read verse 14 and 15 if you're a student of the word you'll know the scripture that we're talking about if you're new to the word I want to introduce you to this and I try very deep try very desperately to break this thing down so simple that is it's very easy for anyone to understand john chapter 3 verse 14 and as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness now before we go on i'm not going to teach on that particular serpent in the wilderness being lifted up but let me ask just for you all excuse me young people y'all are dismissed to your classes in jesus name amen i was excited about teaching She didn't hear me, did she? Uh, someone help me out. What what was the serpent lifted up in the wilderness for? Okay. Why why would they why why was the serpent lifted up? Brother Sunday school teacher made mention of it. Brother Willett said it was for their healing. Why was there serpents? Why were they snake bitten? Maybe I need to teach on this. Maybe I need to go back. All right. Let's go somewhere with this. Come on, Sunday school teachers, help me out. They complained. They murmured. They spoke against leadership. They spoke against God. Zero faith. They did all this, murmuring, complaining, whining, and crying. All this was about no faith in God. And God said, okay, let's let some serpents loose they were deadly serpents and then the people came back and said please pray for us we have sinned and he was instructed to anybody saw that serpent on a pole at a hospital you all have saw that so moses lifts this pole up with this serpent on it they would look upon it and be healed So, this is where we're at. And as Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. It was because of their sin they needed that serpent to be lifted up. And it's because of our sin that Jesus needed to be lifted up. He's speaking of the cross. He's speaking of his death. He said, If I'm lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Pray with me tonight. Father, we give you glory and honor, praise and worship from our heart tonight. God, we've come in to study the word. We've come in to receive from your throne as we give unto you praise and worship. God, I pray you to help us unclutter our minds. Help us, Lord God, to remove all the distractions from our mind tonight and be able to focus our attention upon you that we might study to show ourselves approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but that we can rightly divide the word of God. Help us this night, Lord God, take good notes, hear your voice clearly and walk away with a better understanding, a better revelation to do your will. God, we love you tonight, asking your anointing to grant us a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, the discerning of spirit. Anoint our minds, our mouth, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to minister for just a brief amount of time tonight the principle of growth. Luke, in chapter 11, verse 2, And he said unto them, When you pray, they said, Teach us to pray. He said, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven what? So in earth praying specific prayers your will be done. Somebody speak to me tonight and give me your thought. What is what is one will God has for this day? What? To seek to save that which is lost. Would everybody agree with Brother Willett that one will that we know is a fact through Scripture is for people to be saved? cross the board, we have that. God, your will be done, right? In heaven, in earth, and that will is to seek to save that which is lost. All right, we've established a principle at this point We've established the principle, it is God's will to save people. All right, we've established that. So now we need to begin to pray that. I find sometimes my prayers are very selfish. I find my prayers sometimes are very self-centered. That I'm praying for my family, I'm praying for my home, I'm praying for my ministry, I'm praying, right? We pray self-centered sometimes prayers. But he said, when you pray, thy will be done as in heaven. His will is absolute in heaven. Could we agree with that this morning? That he has no problems in heaven. The angels are at his beck and call. The Bible says they are ministering spirits that are sent out. So whenever he dispatches, they go do his will. Whenever we see Jesus on earth, whenever he was praying in the will in the garden, he said not my will, thy will be done. If we can remove this cup, we'll remove it, but if it is your will, thy will be done. So what we've got to establish in our prayer is that we're going to pray His will be done. And then we begin to break it down because I believe the Scripture says that it is with His stripes. So therefore, we know and we believe that it is His will to heal. Now, we understand that death comes to all man once. We understand this. We understand this is something that was given to us through Adam's sin. The soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. We understand that if God tarries and we grow old, eventually we will face death. But in the meantime, I believe that we can pray and we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover because that's the will of God. That's the word of God. Praying the will. So we're going to get into this tonight. We're dealing in this day, we're dealing with crises around the world. Now, our world has gotten smaller through social media. Our world has gotten smaller through World Wide Web. Through all the avenues that we get our news, the world's gotten smaller. You can pull up today any information you basically want to know from any corner of the earth. So, therefore, we, we could rightfully say some of the things that we're acknowledging today may have been going on 50 years ago or 100 years ago, and people didn't know it as much. But I believe all of us would, would agree today we're living in a crisis. So the question is, what's going to solve the problem today? What is the remedy, the solution to the world crisis that we're dealing with of crime What's the, what's, what's the situation in the streets right now? We're looking at a, a people filled with hatred. Amen? And we see that not only with the rioting. We're not, we're not only seeing that in the streets. We're seeing that in just the rage of people. Walmart or Kroger or driving down the road the rage that people are dealing with right now we're talking about fear we're talking about war we're talking about other evils that we're dealing with seemingly on a day-to-day basis across the landscape of our nation my opinion my opinion is education will not resolve this my opinion better politics defunding the police, better training, more stimulus money, more welfare, more free health coverage, that's not going to fix the problem. That's not going to resolve the issue that we're dealing with today. So when you think about this, I'm not saying those are bad. I'm not saying these things are not needed and they're not helpful, better training, better education, more money. These things, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying they're not going to solve the issue the crisis that we're dealing with. Because we have an issue of sin. And Satan is attacking the minds of people on a relentless basis. Amen. And you know, here, here's the deal that we've got to deal with is the fact that it's not just the heroin addict out there that the that Satan is attacking their mind. He's attacking the minds of the people that's sitting in pews filled with the Holy Ghost. So somewhere we've got to step back for a moment and say, God, I want to pray your will. God, I want to step back and I wanna I wanna lift you up. You've already been lift on the cross, but I'm gonna to begin to lift you up. I'm gonna to begin to magnify you. I'm gonna be What if Brother well, Jared made mention of his situation a year ago of turmoil? What if people began to say, I'm going to use this year of experience as a ministry? What you felt like was going to be your downfall, what you felt like was your fault, what you felt like was your, what was going to remove you from the ministry became your ministry, became your platform. Begin to minister in that capacity because probably somebody sitting beside you, someone you know, or somebody that God's going to bring you in contact with is going through the same thing. What if you said, I know I'm not alone in this. I'm dealing with fear on a a scale that I've never dealt with before. Somebody else has got to be dealing with it. I'm going to begin to talk about it. I'm going to begin to address it. I'm going to begin to dig into the Word of God about it. I'm going to make a ministry of it i'm going to talk about this and i'm going to deal with this and i'm going to minister to others so we've established the fact that his will is to save souls amen so we need to know what god wants in our prayer time you know you can have a very energetic You can have a very good worker, hard worker, willing worker. You can have somebody that's highly educated with degrees, knowledgeable. But if they walk onto a brand new job, and nobody says this is your job description, and no one says this is what we're requiring of you, and no one says this is what we want to accomplish in eight hours of work, they're going to stand there, even though they're energetic, They're going to stand there and wonder, what should I be doing? Even though they're knowledgeable, they got a degree. They're wanting to work, but they don't know what to do. So I'm pleading with everybody in here tonight. you You are such wonderful and beautiful people in the Lord. I'm pleading with you. As I'm receiving for myself let's get in touch with God let's let's pray like we didn't pray yesterday let's pray like we didn't pray last week and let's begin a prayer time of saying God I'm going to begin to pray your will I'm going to begin to seek your will I'm going to begin to hear your will and I'm going to be about your will I'm going to begin to work in your business I'm going to be employed by you and I'm going to hear instructions from you and we're going to see growth because it's your will to grow we need to know what God wants we need to pray until his will is placed in motion amen his power is released in our life and I'm not going to have time to finish this this is the second part Of Sunday night and I'm still not going to get finished tonight but I want to look at I want us to look at this tonight not as a pep talk or a feel good service because I'm wanting to realize deep in my spirit and I'm wanting you to realize deep in your spirit tonight that we can release the power of God not only in our own life, but we can release the power of God in our community. But we've got to be active and we've got to pray and we've got to seek God and we've got to hear God and we've got to know God. And then we've got to move in God. It's it, This is not a cheap fix because God is not cheap. This is not something that's going to come easy for a lackluster or, or a nonchalant or somebody just casually having a relationship with God. But I'm talking about not wrestling flesh and blood, but wrestling spirit spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities and powers. People in the street is not the problem. Demon spirit is the problem. People on heroin is not a problem. It's the spirit behind it. The perversion of our world is not the problem, but the spirit that is moving people. So we pray against the spirit of the man. The spirit is what we're dealing with. Principalities and powers is what we're dealing with. And we, as a church body, We've got to put on the whole armor. So the Apostle Paul understood spiritual warfare. We understand our weapons are not carnal. They're what? They are mighty through God to what? Pulling down. I'm talking about work. I'm talking about enduring hardship as a good soldier. I'm not talking about coming in, giving a high five, and saying, dress looks great have a good time, see you next Sunday, but I'm talking about on a Monday morning or a Friday night of getting into the grind, getting in there with God and saying, God, I want your will to be done. God, let me see this community like you see this community. Let me see me as you see me. Let me have that refreshing, that renewing, that unction of the Holy Ghost that stirs my spirit to pray somebody out of an addiction, that prays somebody out of depression, that prays somebody through to the Holy Ghost. God, let me feel what you feel when you look upon our community. The principles of growth, of finding what God's wanting to do and then doing it. I told you Sunday night that we are the handiwork, is one translation. The New Living Translation says, We are God's masterpiece. I'm asking everybody in here in Jesus' name as we feel the Lord's return is soon. You know, when they, years ago, it was preached that the return of Jesus Christ was soon, 40s, 50s. When they came out with a social security number, that was it. We're doomed, it's over pack your bags, we're out of here, right? We're numbering the people, they know who we are, we're going to go under the radar, we're going to go off-grid. But I want you to think about this. What is available for us today? I just read an article a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago, that China is beginning to force digital money. So that means you can get the dollar bill out of your pocket that you made 40 years ago. You can throw it in the garbage, put it in the bank or whatever to get away from the commercial banking, the mom and pops, the local by- banking to a world banking system. I watched after 9-11 on the morning news because there was such a panic of people laying there that cannot communicate with you. They have no idea who they are, what they are, what their records are, what their medical condition is, as far as what their history is. And I watched on the morning news of a guy injecting a small just a small chip in his arm that give him his blood type, his history, what he's allergic to, what he's not allergic to what his medical records were, everything's right there. Think about this. One more 9-11. One more crisis. One more panic. One more this or one more that. How easily for our day, our day, this day right here, for us to slip into more biblical prophecy being fulfilled in our day, in our day, How easy it would be. So what I'm saying is let's not be frightened by the fact that Jesus Christ is soon coming or we feel that he is, but if he gives us one year, 50 years, 100 years, let's make this the best for the next generation that we can possibly do. Let's be busy about the kingdom's business. Let's be busy about God's business. Let's get after what we have been given a command to do commission to do you and i have been set in arthur i have no de- i have no desire to go anywhere other than arthur i have no desire To go evangelize Corbin I have no desire to evangelize Lexington, Knoxville Or any other place Right here is where God has called me Here's where my heartbeat is Here's what I love to do Let's get busy where God has planted us If God calls us somewhere else Next year, 10 years or 100 years Let's go there But right now Let's be busy about what God has called us to do To say God I'm going to win the loss God I'm going to have a soul winner's conversation God I want to use my inability Abilities to spread your good news and your gospel, I want to I look at myself and say, There's no way, but I want to look at you and say, That is the way. I want to look at me and say, I have no, no formal power, but in you I have all power. So we look at this and we realize we are God's masterpiece, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And since we are God's masterpiece, How does it say we ought to live? Amen. I am not a bum on the street. So therefore I will not live like one. I'm not the scum of the earth. So therefore I'm not going to live like I am. I'm not what this world tells me I am. So therefore I'm not going to listen to the world. But what I'm going to listen to is this right here of what it has described me to be because he said, you are a peculiar treasure. Why? Because I have been birthed into this body. I'm part of his body. I'm here to edify the body. I'm here to nourish some of the body. I'm here to bless somebody. I'm here to help somebody. I'm here to encourage somebody. I'm here as the Apostle Paul. And I'm not speaking of me. I'm speaking of you. I'm talking about the collective body of Christ. Paul said I am an ambassador for Christ. I beseech you as if Christ was standing right here. If we can get this in our mindset when we work, when we walk on to our job tomorrow, we're not walking on there as just another employer or an employee. We're walking in there as a representative of the King of all kings. This might be our this might be our job, this might be our career, our occupation, but this is a side job to our real job and that is kingdom business, God business. Seeking and saving that which is lost business. So, if we look at the fact that humanity is the pinnacle of God's creation, we look at all the people that want to tell us that we have evolved from a lesser And Satan allows people to buy into that. And Hitler convinced the German people, the Jewish people, were worthless. How can you put them in concentration camps? Why? How can you starve them till you see every bone in their body? How can you starve them? How can you treat them that way? How can you burn them? How can you destroy them, kill them, gas them, burn them? Why? Because they're worthless. They have zero value. We are the superior race is the propaganda. The people bought it. I'm telling you today, the enemy is preaching people are worthless to the point that people are completely defacing every part of their life. People that will sleep with anybody, shoot up anything, smoke anything, drink anything, think anything. Why? Because they do not value their body as the temple of God. They're not seeing themselves as God sees them. They're not declaring what the word of God declared. We need to be declaring the word of God over our children. We need to be telling them from, their, from before their birth. We need to begin to tell them who they are. We need to begin to say what this right here says and say it the way the word of God says it, that whenever they are birthed, they know, I I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have not evolved from some slime plus time. I have been made in the image of the almighty God. So we look. And we know that God hates lies, and that's what Satan is spreading, is lies. And if he can convince the church, there's no hope of winning the attic. If he can, if he can convince the church, there's no reason to feed the homeless. If he can convince the church, there's no reason to get out of your comfort zone. If he can convince the church just you and your four and no more and you just go home and you have Hardee's on the way and you're, you're good to watch the Sunday night show because pastor didn't preach long and everything's groovy and everything's great and tomorrow morning we're getting up and we're going back and we're going to make some money and we're going to pay our bills and if he can convince us of that we'll go through our rituals, our routines and we'll not change a heart. But if we can get in here and convince ourselves every man out there is depending on you. If not us, who? If not you, who? If not you, who? Who's going to have that soul winner's conversation? Who's going to talk to them about Jesus Christ? Here's the deal. You've got a testimony. Some of you all have been abused. And you can tell them how God loves you through every abuse. How God cares about every day of your life. Some of you all have been broke. You couldn't rub two nickels together. And you can tell them how God is a provider, Jehovah Jireh. He is a providing God, a way-making God. He is a God that saw me through, a God that helped me pay my bill. You, you Some of you all have went through so many different things that you've got a testimony, you've got, you got an opportunity to tell somebody how great God is. They may not understand what, why you do what you're doing, but they will understand when you minister in their crisis. our culture measures self-worth on external matrix where what's the square footage of your house and what's your job title and what's your annual income and what's your education what's your net worth what does the bathroom scale say what dress size do you wear right that that's they're they're measuring you up They're, they're they're trying to get a value or a tell you what you're worth and if not careful we'll buy into that that junk we'll buy into that but if you'll get up in the morning and say i'm representing the king of all kings you get up in the morning and you say i'm blood-bought and god's changed my heart i'm not who i used to be I might have been a wreck two years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago, but I'm not a wreck today. God has, God has promised me and fulfilled his promises, and God has loved me and helped me and blessed me. So as we look tonight, and I, I really want to, to, to try to get through a little bit, but I'm running out of time, but I want us to understand there are biblical principles for Church growth. Winning lost souls. The church growing. Now listen to me. The church growing is biblical. He expects growth. So we need to do an evaluation of the amount of energy, one, that we're putting into winning lost. Because I believe that's The sole purpose of the church still being here. To be a salvation station. Amen? The church is a salvation station where hurting people come. Where people that need help come. It's the hospital from heaven. What if the emergency room said we don't see any sick people? Sorry. Sorry. Well, if a doctor said, if you're sick, I don't want to see you. I'm telling you, the church is to welcome the hurting, the suffering, those that need a miracle, those that need help. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you walk into an emergency room, you want the best trained. Could I, did you, uh, I think it was my sister that asked, "Where'd you graduate in your class?" It, that's a that's a pretty good question. Did you did were you bottom line or were you top line? Where, where exactly? Where's your credentials? Let me see. You you all saw that. Uh, doctor walks in to see you in surgery, and they said, "Is he a good surgeon?" He's okay. Just got uh, reinstated. Well, almost. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. We want that doctor. No, we want the best. We want a friend to say, oh, I went through that. I remember going to a particular dentist with the girls, and, man, if they had to get a shot, he he was so cool. (laughs) I remember when I was five, six year old, I won't mention the name but I tell you, I don't even know, he didn't even care if you had a shot or not, hey let's pull that thing I am strong enough to hold you and pull that at the same now, this doctor is so cool he'd start talking to him and slide right up through here with that needle inject it, he'd already rubbed some of, some on it, so that Q-tip and everything was cool, and he'd just slide it up through there and he'd still talk to him ask them questions or whatever. He'd shoot that. They didn't even know it. He was so cool. That's what we need to be in church. We need to be so cool. People come in, they're hurting. And we just slide that, 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 that promise of God in there. I'm not talking about cloaking something and not saying, hey, we're, you know me better than that. I'd never try to hide behind anything and say, are you all this or that? No, no, no. We'll be up front with you. We will absolutely be up front with you. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about when you go to a doctor, you want the best. When somebody walks in here, we need to be the best. I'm not talking about battering down church. I'm talking about the best we can possibly be. I'm talking about empowered by God because we're not so... You, I don't want to be in survival mode. Man, I want to be in revival mode. And I want to be ready when somebody walks through that door and they're in survival mode. I, I watched the, I watched the Coast Guard the other day and man, they they dive into some of the most crazy weather. Their their helicopters are are flying through storms that nobody wants to be out in and they're there for one purpose to rescue those nut people on a that didn't listen to the weather report. I I, I say that. I don't know why they the, there there's crisis, I understand. But they're putting themselves in harm's way because somebody's going to die what they're doing is they're relying on their equipment and their training they are well trained and they've got the best equipment and they're saying I can go in here and survive this and get somebody else out and what we've got to do is we've got to get into a place with God when we walk in church we say we're, we're okay we're going to survive this and I'm getting somebody else out and I don't have to look at my clock to see how long or what it is, but I'm going to go to the altar. I'm going to pray this person through. I'm going to lay hands on this person, and God's going to hear my prayer. I'm going to, because I've already prayed, I've already heard from God, He's already given me a word. I'm going to speak into this individual. I'm going to pray for this individual, and this individual is going to be better than he was when he came in. God needs us to be on top of it. Not better than the church down the road. We've got to be the best we can be we got to be the best we can be and that comes not through cheap that comes not through talent. That comes not through ability. That, that's not something we study out of a book. That's something we get on our knees and we begin to call out on Jesus Christ and we go before him and say, God, I've got to be empowered. I've got to have an anointing. I've got to have the, the authority to speak your name. I've got to have everything you've got for me and we're going to go to war with Satan. We're going to go to war with things out here in this world and we're going to be victorious because he's never lost a battle and he's with us stand with me tonight i want to i want to get into some of these scriptures on the biblical principles and may be able to do that sunday night brother watts is going to be preaching on sunday morning but i plead with you i plead with you fall in love with arthur fall in love with this community fall in love with the ministry fall in love with the church fall in love with the people amen fall in love with this if you don't when I was in high school playing football, we'd, we'd have freshmen come out there, and coach would run us. I've watched them throwing up, puking all over. They'd ran so much. And his words was, you've got to love it because you'll quit. It's too much. You'll quit. You've got to love it. And I believe there, there's, there's so much pressure on the church to shut the mouth So many distractions today that we'll get into a routine of rituals and we'll clock in on Wednesday night and we'll have good service and we'll clap our hands and we'll praise and we'll walk out. And it's another routine on Thursday morning to get with it, to make some money and pay our bills and go about our business. But God's wanting somebody to have a burden birthed in them to where you don't lay down at night and you rest as well as you did the night before because you're praying for somebody, you're concerned about somebody, you got to call somebody, you got to email somebody, you got to text somebody, you got to FaceTime somebody, you got to get in touch with somebody because God has laid them on your heart. And I believe God's wanting revival in this day. And I believe that God has given us power to have revival. But he'll stand at the door and knock. And we've got to open that door and say, let's do it. Amen, let's do this. I want us to pray for a few minutes. I want us to uh, lift our voice. Brother Jared's going to come here in just a moment and give you an opportunity to be prayed for and receive an offering. But right now let's pray. Let's ask God's help. If you've not asked God for a burden, and I know that might seem strange, but I'm asking you to pray for a burden. Pray God let you see this community as he sees it. Pray God to open your eyes to what's going on around us. We can we can shelter ourselves in our own little cocoon and our own circle and I see you and you're my friend and you're doing well and you've got a smile and your family's good and all's great and we come into the house and we worship and we praise and we go home and, and we surround ourselves with people just like us and we everybody's cool, everybody's good. But would you ask God, let me see the people out there that's not good. Let me see the people out there that's not cool. Let me see the people out there that's hurting. Let me see the people out there that's struggling. Every day they're struggling. Let me see that individual that needs a miracle. Let me see that individual that needs me to speak into their life a word of hope. Let me see that individual and give me a soul winner's conversation and let me have an intersection with them, God, that I might cross path with them tomorrow and that I might be able to stand in their presence and declare there is a great God that loves them enough that he would give their, his life for them. God, let me have that soul winner's conversation, but let me have that burden. God, let me have that fresh anointing upon my life. Let me have that authority and that power to speak into the darkness, that marvelous light of the gospel. Let me say what needs to be said with a word of life in my mouth. God, anoint this congregation, not for a pulpit ministry, but anoint this congregation to win the lost. Anoint this congregation to see the world as you see it, that it's That it needs a miracle, that it needs a light, that it needs the salt, and we've been called to that ministry reconciliation ministry of reconciling the world to you God we're standing here as the temple we're standing here filled with the Holy Ghost we're standing here blood-bought and enjoying the grace and enjoying the power and enjoying the goodness but God let us see this world that it's needing us they may be trying to drive us out that is a spirit and not the individual let us get a hold of the heart of the man